This is a podcast from Minute Media. The Lakers Legacy Podcast episode you're about to listen to is brought to you by the Fansided Sports Network, the ultimate home for fans, and by lakeshowlife.com, Fansided's official Lakers website. Make sure to check out lakeshowlife.com for all the latest Lakers news, rumors, and opinion pieces. As usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod, and also please consider dropping us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. It truly is the best way to support us. And now, on with the showtime. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where one man's $20 million worth of Brooklyn trash is another man's veteran minimum Lob City throwback redemption story. At least Lakers Nation hopes. Hey, but baby, tonight, the DJ's got me falling in love again. Maybe, possibly, we'll see. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I am joined today by a special guest, longtime friend of the podcast, the creator of the Late Night Lake Show podcast. He now hosts a word from our sponsors, our Chi-Town to LA correspondent. You know him as Mr. Ricky Spanish on Twitter, Ricky Barnes. Ricky, welcome back to the show. What a time for you to hop back on. The LA Chi-Town connection on both coasts has never been stronger. And well, this Lakers team has never been more all-starry and Hall of Famery than ever. How you doing, man? I'm good, bro. Like I said, I always appreciate the uh, the intros on the Lakers Legacy podcast. It's uh, it's always an honor to to hop on the show and and chop up the Lakers with you. Yeah, um, I'd say that Chicago is representing pretty strongly mm-hmm. with the Los Angeles Lakers. There might be some late night late show merch that's inspired by that coming down the pipeline, but you'll just have to stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure a lot of Lakers fans are pretty envious of you that you will be able to, this upcoming season, go to Bulls games and see old pal Lonzo, uh, the Caruso goat. You know, it's it's going to be fun out there. It, uh, I've already talked to some folks that who asked, like, hey, should we, like, cover the Bulls a little bit more closely? <laughs> There's some Lakers fans. I was like, I don't know. Let's... I don't know. Like I said, at the end of the day, I am a Laker nationalist. They Lakers first, Lakers forever. But at the same time, there's some there's some guys over there that's now uh, playing for the Bulls that we definitely have a little affinity for, right? It's still still a soft spot for both Alonzo and Caruso. So shout out to them. I know uh, Bulls fans are really going to enjoy and you know keep it real about them on a game-to-game basis. So can't wait to see how they react to them this season. Definitely. And on the Lakers side, obviously, we have Anthony Davis, Kendrick Nunn, Taylor Horton-Tucker, and Zach Levine. Oh, that's not happening yet. Ah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. You see that? That We call that a, a Freudian slip, right? Yeah, you know, just sure. little, hey, hey, man, it, it was a clutch comment, okay? We'll exactly. just keep it like that. All right. Well, Ricky, welcome back to the show I mean, we just got DeAndre Jordan, or by the time you listen to this, it's probably official. 
uh, this season has been wild. The Lakers have formed the Fast and Furious Suicides Expendables squad over here with a roster full of aging all-stars, Hall of Famers, and gold medalists. Um, Whenever you're listening to this, by the way, just know that Ricky and I have an accompanying episode over on his show, A Word From Our Sponsors, where I hopped on to talk some DeAndre as well. So not sure if this is part the part two episode or if this is the part one. Regardless, make sure to hop on over to A Word From Our Sponsors, Ricky's feed. Uh, Tira's chop it up some more. Uh, Ricky, before we get into the DeAndre talk in this episode, do you want to plug A Word From Our Sponsors and any other of the multiple media things you got going on? Yeah, man, it's a busy time. I appreciate it. We have uh, pretty much everything is all under the house of uh, Creative Eye Multimedia. That's uh, pretty much our production agency that we have started up. We've brought in several shows under house. So if you want to check out any of our content, just head over to uh, Creative Eye Multimedia on YouTube. Uh, You also can search it by Creative Eye Studios. That's both ours. So uh, yeah, go check it out. A lot of good shows. Word from our sponsors hosted by myself, Late Night Lake Show, myself, Danny, Kwame, uh, new uh, co-host to the show, our boy Omar. Excited to have him on. So you want to see some good content, head over to uh, the Creative Eye Multimedia YouTube page and uh, make sure you're following all those shows there. There you go. All right. So let's get into it. DeAndre Jordan. Uh, let's do it. He's the 14th man. Maybe he's the 10th man, if, Mar- if he's replacing Marcus All, we don't know. It's been a little bit murky over here since August. But with that said, DeAndre Jordan is going to be on the team for sure. Ricky, what, what is your visceral reaction to the signing of DeAndre Jordan? Had you wished that they had gone a different route? I mean, we all understand at this point, we're all haggling over. We mentioned it on your podcast. We're haggling over toppings at this point. But the main mm-hmm. ingredient is set. The main dessert is set. And we're going to have a, a delectable time regardless. A, a delectable time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think for me, when the rumors started coming through, I was not for it. Mm-hmm. My man had not played in the in the playoffs for Brooklyn. And this was after him starting the season as the starter, right? They shipped out Jared Allen to have him come in, and now he's not playing in the playoffs when it matters most. I... I had to quickly start coming to terms with it once uh, LaMarcus Aldridge became a Brooklyn Net. Then I started going through the recovery stages of grief, which is acceptance, right? And I, um, you know, now I sit here after listening to several other Lakers opinions that I trust. And, I, you know, I see the reason behind it. I get that the Lakers still needed some depth in their, in their front court. I know that, like you said, we're we're haggling over toppings, and I need to just remind myself that DeAndre Jordan is sprinkles right now. <laughs> he is sprinkles, and I think that I'm just going to have to nickname him sprinkles to not get frustrated about a possible, you know, lack of offensive uh, go-to move. So my visceral reaction was, why? Are we, you know, is this a charity event, right? Like, are we just, who wants a ring in 2021 for the Los Angeles Lakers? And, you know, DeAndre Jordan, come on down. You're the next contestant. He's running down like some prices, right? And shit, right? But (laughs) I, I I think for me, I had to sit back and understand that this is a very small piece. He is just a bigger name that is going to be fitting a very small piece in this equation. So I'm still 
sipping my my green tea, trying to just keep a a level head in all of this. Because at the end of the day, this is all wrapped up to being a uh, a LeBron approved, Rob Palinka approved transaction, and you know they would know a hell of a lot more than I do. <laughs> No, absolutely. And so my next question to you before we dive deeper into the DeAndre stuff is I think a large reason why there's such maybe a, a, a more visceral negative reaction to DeAndre Jordan is the fact that we have a guy in Marc Gasol on this team, right? If Marc Gasol never existed, I think most fans would be like, yeah, I don't really like it, but I'll live with it, right? But Marc Gasol is here. He was on the team last year. We do know the template and type of player he is. So hypothetically, would you rather have Marc Gasol or would you rather have DeAndre Jordan? And how, in your opinion, how does the swapping of the two change things? Because I mentioned it on your podcast, uh, a word from our sponsors, but there's two lines of thinking here. Uh, it's either Marc Gasol had to change a heart and wants to retire. He spoke to his family since he gave that Olympic presser and decided, you know, maybe it's better off that I stay in Spain. Or two, maybe the Lakers are subliminally or maybe not so subliminally trying to push him out by signing a guy like DeAndre Jordan and telling him DeAndre's now next to you in the locker room. Regardless of what it is, would you have wished that the Lakers had gone more Yo, we got Dwight now, and we had Marc Gasol, the starting center for the team that was the number one team in the Western Conference last year. Now we can attack either angle, regardless of what teams throw at us. Now I understand there's a benefit to having a redundancy with Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan where Frank Vogel doesn't have to switch schemes up at all, even in the event that one or the other goes down, and that remains the same. But at least from the opposing team's perspective, for me personally, I still would have rather liked to have you know, something in your back pocket that's a little bit different that teams have to scheme for versus it's easier for Frank Vogel to scheme for, yo, DeAndre Dwight, they're pretty much the same player, sort of. We can play them in the same ways. But that's also that also makes it easier for the opposing team to be like, oh, Dwight, DeAndre, they're the same person versus, oh, they're going to throw in Marcus all of a sudden? Okay, now we got to switch things up. So your thoughts on the Mark DeAndre sort of musical chairs here? I think I read correctly that Marcus Saul ended up shooting forty percent from the floor last year. Yes, he was our number. He was our second best catch and shoot player behind Caruso, both on low volume, but yes, averaging one three a game, shooting forty two percent from catch and shoot threes. Yes, it is that part the floor spacing plus some playmaking, mm-hmm. right? Passing still, you know, above level passer. Um, but the defensive side was, was kaputs. Okay. The, the IQ was still there. The body, the mind is the last thing to go, but that body said, we don't like this side of the ball too much anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Then I look at Deandre and defense has never really been his thing. Yep. Right. But he is a more physical imposing player Still at this point in his career, um, he is still that vertical threat. When I look at the the pros and cons of the trade-off between the two, I kind of get to a point where I'm a little bit, it's a wash. And that's only because of what, of because of how the Marcus Gasol tenure kind of developed, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I find it hard to think that, you know, yes, uh, Andre Drummond was a big name that was getting off waivers and everybody was excited when he was coming over to the Lakers. But at the same time, for him to come in and just supplant Marc Gasol 
it, that still has something to say about internally how the Lakers felt about Marcus on where if he could stand up health wise or whatever through the course of the season into the playoffs. I guess DeAndre Jordan kind of is a second attempt of shoring up that spot. So I honestly think that Mark has made up his mind and he is now going to, you know, that decision will be, become public soon enough. And I honestly think that he's done. Yeah. I think he's done with the Lakers and maybe done with the NBA altogether so he could go play in Spain. But I was struggling when I really got over the initial, you know, just frustration of, oh, okay, we're bringing in another Suicide Squad member and DeAndre Jordan about how much I actually, quote unquote, missed or didn't miss Marcus All's mm -hmm. presence last season. There are definitely times I'm like, oh yeah, he kind of looks cooked, yeah. <laughs> right? So I um I was pro I'm probably to answer your question was a little indifferent about the trade off because I know that there is Marcus. It's up in the air with Mark mentally, and if you're up in the air mentally about if you want to continue to play basketball, I'd re you know kind of give me the guy that is more athletic and definitely still wants to play basketball and has a chip on sure, his shoulder. Sure. That's where I'm at with it. No, and, and that's a good point. And, you know, I know some Lakers fans are talking about how Marcus Gasol was pouty and all this shit. And I'm like, yeah, do you see what happened to him last year? They brought in Andre Drummond and rolled out the red carpet for him. I would be good pouty Lord. too. I'll just say that I think the context is different this offseason. If Marcus Gasol is being pouty, it's because he's having an existential crisis about whether or not to continue playing basketball, right? I don't think it has anything to do with not wanting to be a Laker or whatever. He knows how much... Pau Gasol is entrenched in this organization. If anything, it's more, I played the Olympics. I was away from my family. Do I just want to stay in Spain? You know, and all power to him. But to your point, you're right. You know, maybe maybe it's not on the Lakers if Marc Gasol is on the fence to try and convince this guy to play. Let's get the guy who's still actively playing, just went through this experience with, with Brooklyn where he got 12 DNPs, had a come-to-Jesus moment, and maybe we can sort of rejigger this guy, lobotomize him a little bit to fit a role that's perfectly suited for him where he's slotted in a, you know, more diminished role still for a championship team. And we just need to work with, I like how you put it with regards to the differences in Marc Gasol and DeAndre Jordan. Now, all the advanced analytics will tell you that Marc Gasol was vastly the better defender last year in, in, with regards to at least being a paint deterrent. Uh, I think he had like a 104 defensive rating and DeAndre was like a 110 or something. It may even be more, it might be even be worse than that. I think Mark That's was like a 102. The, the big thing to realize though is that Marc Gasol also had Anthony Davis next to him and that was like 60% Anthony Davis, right? DeAndre Jordan's going to have Anthony Davis next to him too in some lineups that he plays in. And I think we always talk about how, oh, has this player ever played with Anthony Davis before? And we typically talk about, we typically say that phrase with regards to point guards. Has, has Russell Westbrook ever played with Anthony Davis before? Has Kendrick Nunn ever played with an Anthony Davis before? The answer is no, because there's not a lot of Anthony Davises out there, but... Hello. Hello, but let's talk about, has DeAndre Jordan ever played with an Anthony Davis before? The answer is no, because DeAndre Jordan is typically the anchor of a defense. He's typically the only center, and even with Brooklyn, you look at him starting with the Brooklynettes, they relied on him to be the crux of their defense. In certain units with the Lakers, especially if he ends up starting, he's going to have Anthony Davis next to him. I mean, I, that to me, that makes a huge difference, you know? And to go back to the point about comparing the two defensively, while Mark is the vastly 
smarter player defensively and still has the high basketball IQ on the defensive end, like you mentioned, his body shot. DeAndre, it's the opposite. He doesn't got it up here, but he's still at least got the tools, the physical tools. In a lot of ways, it's like Russell Westbrook. Yo, if you can just hone those abilities and you're never really going to make him smarter at this point, but you can help him out to utilize his physical abilities and gifts within a scheme to best gain the best value out of him. Because you're right, there's more to work with, at least physically and athletically on the defensive end than Marcus Gasol. Not to mention that, you know, DeAndre Jordan has a seven foot six wingspan. Uh, Marcus Gasol did the best with his seven foot four wingspan, but that's only when defenders literally drove it into him and he was able to strip the ball from him. Yeah, yeah, which was fun. Which was fun. So to go back to my point, I, I like how you frame things. Overall, indifferent, ambivalence, we could use either at this point, but maybe let's just go with the guy who doesn't need convincing and at the very least has something to prove. That's all. Just, you know, I, I love basketball discourse. I love getting into the weeds with folks on Twitter.com and bringing up points and emojis and stuff. Who wants to be a Los Angeles Laker right now? Clearly, one has fully committed. I mean, to, from the last we heard of Marcus Hall, he said he was coming back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that hasn't been disproved. It's just there's been some rumors from reputable folks in the NBA world that that might not be the case anymore. And if that's not might not be the case anymore, that's a little bit of uncertainty. Give me the certainty. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. Damn it! There is no convincing. There, if you what 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 the goat say. You don't have to convince anybody to be true, a Laker. True. You don't. So, Mark, this your life, this your world, man. If this is time, it's time, brother. That's all good. It's all good. I have no bad. I have no ill will, no harsh feelings towards him. I thought that year that he was with the Lakers, um, it kind of felt like a full circle type of thing since he was traded for his brother, and we all grew up loving on Paul and him and Kobe doing their thing, but. Uh, Mark, if this is the end of the road, brother, I'll get the boys to man instrumental going right now. And let's just do it and move on. <laughs> exactly. And you, you mentioned it. I mean, this, this year's team literally is Team 360. Team 360 full circle. It would have been great to see Marcus all, you know, redeem the year that was last year, which I, it seems like from everybody was literally a lost year. It was the blip year, right? And everybody's back. Ooh, Let's run like it back, yeah. back to back. Um, but you know what? I think DeAndre Jordan has his own full circle, you know, loop to close here. So before we take it to break, talk to me about how does, I'm going to throw out some narratives to you and you tell me if any of this excites you because this is Hollywood. This is about storylines, uh, the poetry of it all, how everything comes full circle. And for DeAndre Jordan, he's coming back to Los Angeles back to where his NBA career first started with the, uh, the other team down the hall. Um, yep. the, gr- the grind over, I don't even know the phrases anymore, streetlights over spotlights team. Um, so, oh, but no. this time, he returns to Los Angeles, but with the proper team, the right team, the only Los Angeles men's national basketball team, the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Can he close the loop now and win a championship where his old Lob City pals, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, weren't ever able to deliver? So there's that storyline. And then there's the storyline of he just came from the Brooklyn Nets, the title favorite in the East until they got injuries and likely going to be the mm. title favorite this upcoming year. That's something, yeah. He was like the third BFF of KD and Kyrie when they first formed that team. In fact, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving took a pay cut to make sure that DeAndre could come along with them. And then they kicked him to the curb. 
Now he's with LeBron James on the title favorite for the Western Conference team. For me, it would be kind of poetic for him to move from the Eastern Conference Finals favorites to the Western Conference Finals favorites and kick his old buddy's asses alongside LeBron and AD. That, to me, is a closing the loop on a full circle sort of deal, even though personally I'm sure they don't have any bad blood or whatever. But it's just interesting that he started off with the Brooklyn Nets as a pseudo big three with KD Kyrie. James Harden comes along. Uh, they don't. I mean, they shipped Jared Allen out. You'd think they'd have a little bit more use of, of him, but they don't. So now he comes to the Lakers in an entirely different context and scenario, hopefully slotted better in a more diminished and contained role. And he has a chance to get some revenge. So your thoughts on those two narratives? One, him coming back to Los Angeles and this other boiling one where it's like, oh, you're going to kick me to the curb? Well, watch me win a championship. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his JV years were cool. <laughs> with the the JV squad in Los Angeles, a lot of exciting Sports Center highlights, really exciting Sports Center highlights. Um, that ended at a really late May. Just weird how those highlights just stopped in late May every time. <laughs> um, but the full circle for me on that point with DeAndre Jordan is, uh, he's gonna have to catch a couple of bodies to resurrect. Some of those imprints that he put on Paul Gasol's neck and forehead, like I don't, I don't, I didn't forget those, man. Those were, those are some crazy, crazy things that he was mm-hmm. doing. No, oh, I'm sorry, that was. Let me run that back. That was Blake Griffin that bodied uh, uh, Paul Gasol both times, right? I'm sure yeah. there's a clip there where DeAndre bodies yeah. Paul Gasol too, though. So <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, well, okay, well, let me just say this as far as a coming full circle. I need to see some bodies dropped by DeAndre Jordan, okay? All those Lob City highlight reels, I need just some flashes of those in purple and gold. Because this is the beautiful thing about Laker Nation, right? You do something in a in a Clippers uniform, a Spurs yeah. uniform, a Thunder uniform. It's cute. It's cool. It, it's up there, right? It's a highlight. You do it in a Lakers uniform, it is ingrained. It's in NFTs. It's in LMNOPs. It's in crypto. <laughs> it's all over the place. Hell, someone's putting it on the back of a, some foreign uh, dollar, right? Yes, sir. It hits different when you hit a windmill dunk in a Lakers uniform. When you are replicating some iconic Kobe dunks in a Lakers uniform, catching lobs in a Lakers uniform. That's what I'm excited to do is erase those previous years. With previous teams, and this goes for any player that decides that they're ready for the challenge of being a Laker. That hard drive before, all those other moments, right, they start to get logged back. They start to get archived. Because now you got your Lakers era. And that Lakers era is about to be real pretty or real ugly. So I just hope that we could get some glimpses of Lob City, DeAndre Jordan. Um, just, just little ones. I'm not over, you know, I'm not, I'm not crazy with my expectations. Just, just give me three. Just give me three. Just put it on the back of somebody's neck. That's all. Yo, if he can throw it down, get this. If he can throw it down on Blake Griffin. That's double. In in a Lakers jersey, that will completely erase. And you'd think you probably would have never imagined that his dunk on Brandon Knight could ever be topped. But if he dunks on Blake Griffin in a Lakers jersey, that will be the lasting moment of DeAndre Jordan's career, even over the Brandon Knight, Simba, Mufasa, you know, dunk meme of the century. That, right. That's how beautiful it is to be a Los Angeles Lakers and succeed in a Laker uniform. But, to, you know, in all seriousness, you know DeAndre Jordan got a little extra giddy up right now. Literally traded out of 
the New York version of the Banana Boat Crew, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like that was, <laughs> they all came together, one, two, and three. Now all of a sudden, you see in those Family Guy memes where everybody could say hands in the middle, and then, you know, somebody gets shooed out the way. That was DeAndre Jordan after two seasons. I feel some type of way too. And I'm going to the next contender that you will probably see. Oh, yeah, it's on go mode. You already have to know how your mentality is if you switch up sides. Like, Katie knew when he, that first year with the Warriors how it was coming with those, uh, those Westbrook games in Oklahoma City. Right. It's mm-hmm. it's going to be and even though DeAndre Jordan's not nearly the same type of move as far as his name now in his career. It's that mentality of, all right, I'm back in Brooklyn for these minutes that I'm in there. I'm I'm dropping bodies. Right. And I hope that is just a everlasting flame that we can at least maximize that that little aggression, that extra tick. Right. That extra motivation and maximize that for a championship this year. Because it's not going to stay forever, right? Next year, DeAndre Jordan's probably not going to be a Laker. Yeah, <laughs> right? right. Like, But so, and then that, that aggression might come down some. So, yeah, I'm, I'm here for maximizing, like Patches O'Houlihan said in Dodgeball, <laughs> you got to get angry. You got to get mean. And then when he threw the, <laughs> the you know, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, wrench the wrench at old boy, that was the equivalent of DeAndre Jordan getting traded to Detroit. Was he just caught a wrench to the forehead, and now he's got to be, uh, he's got to come back with the average Joes when they just so happen to be the Los Angeles Lakers. So, exactly. Uh, okay, so we're gonna take it to break. When we return, we'll close this episode out talking more about delving deeply into the the bad and then the maybe good. So we'll turn it back around. So first, our sponsors, and then we'll catch you guys after the turn. Hey, folks. Today's show is brought to you by the marginal writing skills of yours truly, Jonathan Hernandez. But did you know that this same Jonathan Hernandez who's speaking to you now is not only a corny, punerific Lakers podcast host, but also a TV writer who works in the entertainment industry as well? Now, I say that not to puff my chest out, but actually to do the exact opposite and grovel. Because if you're a showrunner, an exec, or a fellow writer on a current show and are looking for some fresh new voices, well please consider this quirky Filipino dude with this Lakers podcast who's speaking to you now. I'm pre-WGA, have years of animation production experience, script coordinator experience. I've also written four fully produced freelance animated scripts. And I was also privileged enough to have been named a finalist in the 2021 Universal Animation Writers Program. So for anyone that's looking to take a shot on a novice writer who's just shooting his shot right now in the weirdest way possible, I'd love to set up a general meeting or an informational with you to simply discuss potential opportunities. So please feel free to reach out to jhun247 at gmail.com. So with all that said, now back to the Lakers. So we're back. Ricky, let's quickly just go over the the legitimately objectively bad of DeAndre Jordan before we turn it back around, okay? So No problem. <laughs> we mentioned we mentioned it at the start. Uh this guy was DNP'd for 12 games during Brooklyn's entire playoff run. There's a reason why he was DNP'd outside of the fact that Brooklyn just wanted to go small. You know, every team wants to go small, that's right. But there was a more tangible reason why DeAndre Jordan got flat out DNP'd, and that's because his defense was pretty much non-existent last season that it made him unplayable, including that his rebounding took a hit as he went from averaging 10 rebounds the year prior to just 7.8 this season in the same amount of time, really. 
Uh, he had a negative net rating and a pretty atrocious 114 defensive rating. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you look at a lot of the, the clips that are on YouTube from Brooklyn Nets fans that, that are just complaining and whining about this dude the entire season, there are times where it looks like he just literally malfunctions on the court. Stand around and doing just, nothing. It's just traffic cone, dude, just like space head. And even when he sees the guy with the ball, he doesn't even feign trying to get out to that guy. So it's it's a little bit concerning that he's doing that on a championship title favorite in the Brooklyn Nets, you know? So you're almost like, well, if he's, it's not exactly like he was on the Detroit Pistons, you know, not trying. We'd give him a little bit more benefit of the doubt. But, yo, you got Kyrie, Harden, and KD next to you, and you're still going to act that way? It's a little perplexing and a little bit concerning given that he's now moving on over to the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't know how much we can expect that to be different. Uh, but that's the first thing that stands out to me. So give me some of your bad. Yeah, let's let's start there. And his, we all, like you said, we saw the highlight reel, Nets fans put that together real quick, talk about good luck, Lakers. <laughs> but let's talk about the Nets. The Nets were a defensively focused basketball team? No. no. What was their philosophy? Get the rebound as quick as possible, make or miss. Like, it don't matter. Just grab the ball, get it to the stars, get up the court, and let's figure out some iso ball situations so they can get free or we're going to find Joe Harris, right? It is hard, and this is not any excuse for DeAndre Jordan whatsoever. I saw the highlights. They are disgusting, Okay. <laughs> But it is hard to be a big man that is supposed to be locked in as the anchor of a defense, even though that's never really been your your calling card. I can see if this was Dwight Howard with the Brooklyn Nets and all of a sudden Dwight Howard stopped playing defense, but it's not. It's a guy who has been known for being an offensively imposing player to now say, hey, we need you to play better uh, interior defense. Here are your help. James Harden and Kyrie Irving. So when their man gets past them, it's on you, brother. You have to be making the right calls as the uh, last line of defense quarterback. You have to be calling out the right screens and stuff like that. Yeah, they're going slow. like, fuck no. Sorry, I probably can't curse on your show. Probably like, You're good. He's like, why would I do that? Why would I make that a focus? Why wouldn't I just continue to earn my calling card and what I've been doing my entire NBA career, which was get rebounds and finish lobs and set screens. D- lobs came down. I mean, the uh, rebounds came down this year, which I would put as a definite negative if we're talking about negative. Mm-hmm. Your rebounds don't need to flinch none with the Los Angeles Lakers, uh-huh. my brother. Okay. But the expectation that all of a sudden I'm supposed to see a basketball savant on the defensive end, like, please, <laughs> I know. I know who DeAndre Jordan is, guys. I I know him. I also know him before he played for the Brooklyn Nets. This has never been a case that he's been the, a top dog on that end of the court. It just looks a lot uglier when you're not engaged. Frank Vogel's a defensive coach. All right? This shit's, it's, he's not going to be amazing. It's just not going to look how it looked with Brooklyn. For sure. No, that's that's good context and kind of weaving into, you know, the maybe good. So let's go back to the bad first. Um, so with DeAndre Jordan, I want you to hit these two points. Some obvious bad is the fact that he's clearly, very clearly not a spacer. So we touched upon the defensive point. Mm-hmm. He's not a spacer. In lineups where Anthony Davis is the power forward next to him, not only is the spacing going to be jacked up and the lane clogged, et cetera, et cetera, but it also turns Anthony Davis into he becomes the spacing big and makes him more liable to play on the perimeter because DeAndre is just 
down there versus if this were like Marcus All or even, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, they can at least switch some of those actions where they're up at the three-point line or spacing out to the baseline and AD can have a little bit more room to operate down low. Whereas DeAndre, you know exactly where he's going to be at and AD is going to have to pick his spots around DeAndre. So I, I don't know if you have those concerns too. So one, he's not a spacer. That's that's. Give me your thoughts on that negative. He's not a spacer. That's a fact. I do need to put a little bit of responsibility back on Anthony Davis as well. Again, sure. did uh, the Andre Drummond acquisition? That's it. That was that's his buddy. That's his boy. He signed off on that one, right? And I am not convinced, Jonathan, that Anthony Davis doesn't prefer to work outside in or mid or mid post. That's fair. In. Or mid post out, bro. <laughs> like I'm so like AD is my guy. He is my guy. The amount of times that I've seen him shack folks, like I'm going to seal you right at the inside paint semicircle, do a drop step, put all 200 and whatever pounds into your sternum, and then we're going up. Very few and far between. Now we're talking about face up game mid post Anthony Davis and him going past a defender to get a dunk or a layup yeah it's going to be clogged up with with andre drummond or deandre jordan yeah jesus christ yeah it's all right so if 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 rick is saying andre drummond you're like wait that should be deandre just keep that in mind in this episode we had this problem on word from our sponsors where i threw out the andre drummond name and that totally and then you mixed them then you called him deandre drummond and now now i'm all (laughs) discombobulated on this sunday morning but you get what i mean right it's going to be a little bit more clogged up with with jordan still down there but at the same time bro anthony davis kind of kind of like shooting jumpers let's just keep it a buck it's not like this is he's being hindered from being a a slasher in iso situations like a kevin garnett type of player I guess what I would say to that, though, you're 100% correct, and that is a good point. I just think that if you took DeAndre out of the equation, then you're forcing AD to be a little bit more decisive, even if he prefers to play on the perimeter, versus here's DeAndre, and now he's like, well, now I have license to do what I want to do even more, but maybe the Lakers are doing this indirectly because they know DeAndre ain't going to play too much, so AD, we're going to force you into playing the five, regardless of whether or not you like to or not, Mm -hmm. so... The other bad negative with DeAndre Jordan is we like to put him in this JaVale McGee role and mold. But at this stage, I think the NBA has their valuations of both players correct right now, where JaVale McGee is still the player getting $5 million from a title contending team, still the player who randomly gets a Team USA invite. And, you know, regardless of what his role was there. Important piece. Yeah. Yeah. And they won a gold medal. So. While meanwhile, DeAndre Jordan is the dude getting traded and bought out, right? There's a reason for that, even though DeAndre does approximate a lot of the things that JaVale can do. He can still catch lobs occasionally, still flashes some athleticism. He can run the floor. He can rebound. He does have a seven foot six wingspan like JaVale. At this stage, though, especially on the defensive end, he does not have the quick twitchability that JaVale does, mm-hmm. and that's crazy to say. And mostly, if you've seen some of his highlights from last year, he is more liable to fumble some balls like an Andre Drummond and miss some dunks like an Andre Drummond. And on those lobs, it's not going to matter because two points is two points. But look, like he's catching balls on the way down versus catching them at his peak for some of these lobs now. But, you know, your hope is that in a more contained, contained time period with the Lakers versus the 20, 22 minutes he was averaging with the Brooklyn Nets, that he can more focus and channel that energy and athleticism to 
the the point where we see more of younger DeAndre, but maybe some of your thoughts on the negatives of, yeah, this is, he's kind of getting washed. He's getting up there in terms of age, but also his body is starting to fail him in terms of prime DeAndre, what we know of prime DeAndre. Hence the visceral reaction, right? (laughs) You know, we, we talk about the bad, our eyes don't lie, right? We see a player that was no, that is no longer in his prime. And that gets a little concerning when their weaknesses are highlighted more, when they're a half step slower, and even more so when their strengths are now starting to diminish. Like Steph Curry is going to be able to shoot a three-point shot until the day the Lord says it's time to go home, right? He will be one of the top 20 people on the planet and at that until he goes as an old man right um that don't work the same for athleticism unless apparently your name is lebron james or dwight howard and even obviously you see both of those players have taken a step down but that's because they were at god like ability in that skill set deandre jordan was a freak of nature but we also always saw deandre jordan as a bigger guy too and we knew towards the end of this this career of his the tread on those tires are going to start getting really, really bare. And now, and we're here. We're here. And this is why when I said um, what my first reaction was, I don't necessarily like it. It's because he's slow, right? He's not, he's not the athletic freak that we once knew, but I am encouraged by his contract, where he was in this signing process, what role seems to be expected of him, and this is going to be hopefully lightning in a bottle type of situation. Yes, look, exactly. Look at Rajon Rondo. I don't, you know, however you look at Rondo and how much he is or is not going to play, I know when he does get out there, you're going to be like, all right, Rondo, these next four minutes, let me see you kind of do some quarterback old Rondo stuff. Once we get over that four-minute mark and that first turnover comes in, you're like, ah, oh, shit, okay, all right, all right, let's get about, let's get about, yep, let's get yep. about, right? But that's the benefit of of this Lakers roster. You know, DeAndre Jordan's going to get his little flash in the plan minutes, whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench, we don't know. We do know is that he's not going to play those minutes that he played in Brooklyn. And hopefully, correct, he mentally has embraced that. Because if he hasn't, bro, that bad is going to be a big bad. And then it's probably going to be one of those things where he's no longer a Laker when it's time for, you know, waivers and stuff like that. If we hear a peep of, uh, you know, unhappiness with his role. Indeed. I like that flash in the pan, although for a lot of these Lakers, it's going to be flashback in the pan. That sounds like a title to a future (laughs) episode, but you're right. So that's an easy segue into the maybe good. We'll throw it to our sponsors one last time, and then we'll close this episode out feeling good about ourselves and DJ somehow. Attention listeners across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. So join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. 
So do you guys remember that one time I told you about that one white stray hair I had down there that almost made me pull a hip muscle after I pulled it? No? Well, there you go. And also, that's the last time you'll ever hear about any such hairy situation for me again. Because ever since I started using Manscaped, the white stray hair snipping process for me has been much smoother than ever. So, are you ready for an out-of-world experience, fellas? Look no further than the Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped that has just taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your whole solar system. Abort hairy balls and Buzz Lightyear that woody with Manscaped. Man, did I write this? I don't know. Anyways, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Alright, so we're back and Ricky, we were always pretty much already hinting and going this direction with regards to seeing the silver linings of things. Because frankly, we just have to as Lakers fans. A bunch of like trolly people on Twitter are going to be like, you guys were bagging on this dude before you signed him. And all of a sudden, you're, yeah, that's sports, bro. I mean, live with it. Yeah. We're going to have to be stuck with this guy for a season. Of course, we're going to mentally gymnastics our mind to mm-hmm. come around to this guy until we actually have to physically see him play. And we're like, all right, DNP that fool. But for right now, in the offseason, yo, we're going to convince ourselves that this guy can do something. And, you know, there are some legitimate reasons why. And you've already mentioned some of them in the bad portions because context is everything, not only in the league, but in life as well. DeAndre Jordan, come to Jesus moment with those 12 playoff DNPs. If he was a starting center on an Easter Conference Finals and NBA title contender like the Brooklyn Nets, he's sure as hell not going to be that on the Lakers, even if he may somehow start, right? It's going to be a two-shift honoraries default start and not in the way that the Brooklyn Nets started him and made him you're the center crux of our defense because we just shipped Jared Allen out so we need you to channel full prime DeAndre you know that's not going to happen on the Lakers so that's already working in our favor and this dude has a chip on his shoulder we mentioned in the full circle narratives of it all getting booted by Brooklyn in a in a, a smaller reduced role and being back in LA so that those are some of the goods Um, Before I pitch it to you for some of your silver linings, Ricky, I do have one dark horse, like, this is some galaxy brain type shit. Yeah, I'm here for that. So the same way that people were joking that Rajon Rondo was sort of our mole, in the last year we just set him loose on the league, we, you know, allowed him to get paid, go to Atlanta, maybe, you know. Oh, we went this galaxy brain. Okay, hit me. This galaxy brain. So we allowed him to do his foray into Atlanta, which, by the way, my girlfriend's from Georgia. Lovely city, getting hipster and hipster by the moment. This beautiful city. Um, he was able to train and mentor Trey Young, which is great. Then he moved over to the Clippers. I think this was all part of our plan all along. Him yelling at Kawhi Leonard and giving him that stank face was hilarious. And then him unplayoff rondoing himself in the actual playoffs was a stroke of genius. But look, now we got Rondo back. He can give us all the intel on the Clippers that we need. And we know the Clippers are in a bit of a 
you know, banged up situation this year. So we're not even sure if we're going to need that intel right. because they might not make it far in the playoffs. But we have that intel. Rondo's deeds done. He did what he needed to do. His mission's complete. That file's sealed. He's good. He's back with the Lakers and he's enjoying, you know, his witness protection program. He's good. He's protected. Exactly. So in that same vein, DeAndre Jordan, why can't we see him as our mole? Now we take him from the Brooklyn Nets, who are the Eastern Conference contender favorites along with the Milwaukee Bucks. But coming into this next season, they're seen as the title favorites over the Lakers. He's BFS with Kyrie and KD. I'm not sure if you need any, you know, special nuance intel here. But in terms of like that guy was in the trenches of that locker room, he knows the ins and outs. It doesn't hurt to have a guy like DeAndre on your team now telling you what kind of shit did you guys go through last year? What can we gain from your time there? You tell us all we need to know. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that 5D Chinese checkers, 6D Connect 4 sort of deal. I don't think that's what's going on, but it's just an added benefit. Yeah, I mean, why stop there? I think uh, Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni, too, are, are, are in on the coup. Mike D'Antoni did what he needed to do. He had uh, him and Jeannie. He was indebted to Jeannie after the bad stint here. So we sent him off to Brooklyn and said, hey, we need <laughs> you to preach anti-defense. You go over there and you tell them to trade Jared Allen and make DeAndre Jordan the centerpiece of your defensive philosophy. That's how you win a championship over there, Stevie Boy. And that, that's what happened. Now Mike D'Antoni left. Brooklyn and you know what is he down in like Atlanta or Memphis he's supporting um he's an assistant coach for I forget one of the new uh uh the New Orleans Pelicans uh, mm-hmm. I think he's Willie Green's assistant coach now so shout out Mike D'Antoni if we're all about completing missions right DeAndre all right show and tell I like it what do you know <laughs> what don't you know what do you think is going to work when we see these fools but you know I uh I think We talked about it earlier. There's going to be a level of respect for your friends, but also the understanding of it didn't really work out with me and them. And I went over to, you know, public enemy number one. I'm trying to succeed. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to beat these fools. Like, let me drop some knowledge. Katie, Katie ties his shoes only with one hand every time. (laughs) I don't know how you're going to use that, but, you know, Kyrie Irving doesn't brush his teeth until 2 o'clock every afternoon. <laughs> don't know how you're going to use that. I'm just giving you the intel. So we'll see. We'll see. It's not a bad thing, right? For sure. All right. So let's move on and close this episode out with some, you know, tangible goods. One thing I'll bring up, Ricky, before I pitch it to you is I don't think we ever want to be in a situation where we utilize this good part of DeAndre because at that point you're like, oh, he's playing way too minutes to see this. But DeAndre is actually, for a big man, pretty underrated passer. So as a big man, he's hovered around almost two assists a game the last couple of years and even averaged three assists with the Knicks during like the 20 or 30 games that he played uh, for them uh, when he got traded. And actually last season, believe it or not, he had six games last season with four assists or more as a center. Marcus Gasol, by comparison, had nine. So to only be three games off of Marcus Gasol in terms of having games of four assists or more, I think it's pretty impressive. And if you watch some of the highlights of DeAndre Jordan passing, again, I don't think we ever want to be in a situation where we're like, oh, DeAndre Jordan's like a good passing center yeah. because that means, again, that he's playing too much. But just to know that he has that in his bag and in comparison to JaVale McGee, the player we've most been comparing him to, He's not as shacked and a fool as JaVale. And if anything, he actually makes quick read passes and has some... That's one area where I think DeAndre doesn't get enough credit for in terms of he can make some 
quick passes, even at the top of the key to cutting guys. And this team is built with guys who can score and cut. And the fact that you have a guy in in DeAndre who, if the shot clock's running down, won't spaz out like JaVale and be like, Leroy Jenkins! Yeah, he, no, right. he, he's going to pass. He's going to pass that bullet pass in and probably hit that guy for the layup. To me, that's a positive, even if it's like ancillary and we don't want to see too much of it. Uh, what's another good for you? For me, it, it's going to be his juice. Like mm-hmm. what we saw and what we were missing in what we saw on two years ago, the championship Lakers roster and what we were missing um, last year was was the real juice guy. We had uh, Trez that was our energy man like he's gonna hype us up if there's lulls to start a game and things like that but even then it it didn't necessarily always permutate through Dwight Howard filled that role for the championship Lakers and when he got into the game it was it was electric either from a block from a dunk from a foul it didn't matter he was all about energy and excitement I think DeAndre Jordan is capable of filling that role of the Lakers have a lot of players that whether it's shooting and your three-point guys that can get hot in a hurry and mellow or Malik Monk right or it's big oops guys that can catch dunks like Dwight Howard LeBron James Anthony Davis guys that are just going to go and catch a body themselves Russell Westbrook or you know guys that are going to be the the other part of those equations. It always takes two to tango in big highlight plays. It's not just the guy finishing it, right? DeAndre Jordan, from what you said, with all of you know his passing ability, has the potential to be a part of a lot of exciting moments throughout a game yes. for the Lakers. And again, this is all going to be, you got to look this through the prism of about 10 to 12 minutes. Can you make two plays that get your teammates standing up and clapping for you? Can you make a hustle play? On the court, can you make a big swat, a big block? Can you finish a lob pass? DeAndre Jordan throws an oop to Anthony Davis. Everybody's gonna lose it. Everybody's gonna lose. It's like, holy shit! Look at this! Look at look look at this! Look at this! Do you see this shit? Like that's what we're here for. And so when I think about what good he's going to bring, he is on the other end of his you know his athletic prime. And these the highlight dunks are starting to slow down, right? But I'm excited about those sparks of energy in that quote-unquote old dog that you have but you still hey wait a second little Fido you kind of got up there you kind of did some things and that kind of is that extra juice that you might need and a Tuesday in uh in Orlando right and it's cyclical right because maybe DeAndre gets rejuvenated by Russell Westbrook lobbing it up to LeBron James and LeBron James lobbing it up to Malik Monk and Malik Monk lobbing it up to Dwight Howard. And- Bench reaction game is going to be crazy, man. It's going to be it's going to be great. Like DeAndre's an excitable guy. He's a happy guy from everything that I've seen so far. We need that's another benefit. The bench, bench chemistry, right? And we lost Jared Dudley and Javale McGee was a great bench guy too. Like DeAndre is an awesome. You know, I forgot we have Bazemore. For a long time, Bazemore's thing was bench celebration. Right. So. Even on that end, it's going to be fun. And to your point about the the minutes, like he was averaging 22 minutes with the Brooklyn Nets. He even had some games last year, believe it or not, where he played 37 minutes. If right. that happens this season, let's call it a wrap. If, if DeAndre Jordan's playing 37 minutes, JaVale McGee only played 16 minutes, averaged 16 minutes in the championship season. I don't think DeAndre's even going to get that. So really, we're looking at... 10 minutes of contained moments, like you said, flash-in-the-pan moments where he 
calls up his fresh legs and has greater bursts of energy and effort in contained stints and maybe overall better endurance as well where he lives, leaves it all out on the floor. One to two shifts a game. You know what I mean? So, um, Ricky, I, I mean, I'm feeling good about D- DJ at this point. DJ got us falling in love again, apparently, after, <laughs> uh, at the end of this episode. So any last, any last words on, on DeAndre? I think my, my prevailing notion is, you know, as a 22-minute starting center being paid $10 million and asked to be the main anchor of the defense, DeAndre is terrible. But as a 12-minute veteran minimum guy who's going to anchor the paint next to Anthony Davis on some lineups and essentially be Dwight Howard insurance on a team that's looking to push the place and lob the ball into the air, DeAndre is serviceable to maybe just what the team needs. Maybe. Who knows? This is the reason why we decided to hop on and record together. When all this was coming in, I was on. I was the opposite of excited about DeAndre Me Jordan. Me too. Um, after our talks, right, I am... I'm looking forward to seeing a rejuvenated guy try to, you know, revitalize this part, this back end of his career. Again, a, a guy with zero trophies in that closet, no championship rings. There's a hunger there. Mid thirties. You talk about a retirement home. Okay, get get to fighting somebody in a retirement home. They'll pull out a syringe real quick and end your life before theirs. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, uh, us getting a uh, old yeller. Uh, to, 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 to do some things out here this season. So I'm looking forward to just experiencing what this DeAndre Jordan Lakers tenure is about to be. Exactly. Me too. We're all drinking the Kool-Aid over here, drinking the Cool Laker. If anybody wants to start a new podcast like that, uh, it's free to use. Drinking the Cool Laker. Uh, that sounds terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we tiptoeing. We tipped. Uh, nope, nope. We nope, are over. We ain't drinking the Kool-Aid on that name. Anyways, nope. it's about time to wrap things up, clearly. Uh, so with that said, Ricky, thanks for hopping on to talk some DJ. I, I told you I was going to have you on for 30 minutes. We ended up talking an hour about DeAndre Jordan. My we God, this do, is bro. the off season. <laughs> I mean, if we count a word from our sponsors, it's almost an hour and a half to two hours talking about DJ. It's about time to get on with our Sunday morning. But Thank it's you for always hopping love, on, brother. man. Of course, bro. You know how it goes. We'll we'll plan any time that we connect, or I get on Lakers Legacy. We always run a little longer. The combos are good, and hopefully your uh, your listeners enjoy it as well. For sure. All right, we'll catch you next time, man. See ya. Peace. Later.